0: The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.
1: What's going on, everybody? We are back. Another week a lot going on this yes. week, a lot going yes. on this week, uh, end of February, it's actually March 1st now, and there's usually, it's March 1st, going you by. believe it's March already? It is March already, it's yeah. going fast, and usually this time of year, it's a slight lull in sports, football's mm-hmm. over, basketball's just getting, NBA is just getting past the all-star break, mm-hmm. starting to warm up again. Yep. You got college basketball just starting to get towards their rivalry, mm-hmm. rivalry weeks and conference tournaments yes. leading into March Madness. Yes, sir. So it's it's that, that quiet before the storm usually right now, mm-hmm. but you also got the NFL Combine going on. Do you watch a lot of that? I do. I watch some. Okay. And then there's some big baseball free agency news we're going to talk about. Oh, we going to get into that. We got a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this is actually a good week for us. Yes. Because a lot of times people don't realize this time of year when you're doing a two-hour show, sometimes it's work to find stuff to talk about for two hours Mm. that we're not just repeating the same things over and over and over. And then you have weeks like this week where the conversations kind of just write themselves. So, John, what do we got up first?
2: All right, Mike, never let it be said that I am not one to help indulge you. And some of your more dedicated rants. Man, I appreciate that. Look, I'm not one to stop you when you want to go on some of these rants. Now, there's sometimes you say some things and I got to call you out. Until you find out that I was right later on. Now, that never happens. (laughs) But this is one of those times I agree with you. And my gift to you is I have a guest who also agrees with you. I have a guest who wrote an article this week that I called. I, I had, as soon as I read it, first thing I said was like, yo, Mike needs to read this. And lo and behold, when I didn't send when I sent him a text, I'm like, Mike, you got to read this. He's like, bro, I already read it. Bro, it's already done. It's already been read. So we're going to talk about this today. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest this week on offense, defense, and discourse is Mike Patton from the com. Mike, what's good, family?
3: Oh, man, just another day in paradise, right?
2: Oh, oh. Well, it's another day in paradise if you're not a Celtics fan because they're they, they pretty mad right now.
1: Mm, I guess Mike this is the other Mike. I guess John wants to jump straight into it. Y- yes,
2: sir. Why so,
1: not? So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a little bit of background before we really get into the meat of your article because our audience has been hearing me say for some time now. Several things where John basically calls me a Kyrie hater or a basher.
2: You are. I didn't. You are a Kyrie <laughs> hater. Now I've never said that his arguments were, you know, weren't legitimate
1: and they weren't valid arguments. But you are very much so a Kyrie hater. So when John brought brought the article to my attention, like he mentioned, I was just about finishing up the read as he as I got his text. So my response was just finished and. There were immediately some some things, some themes that seemed to jump out at me in reading the article you wrote the other day discussing the Boston Celtics, specifically Kyrie Irving and some of the struggles they seem to be having this season. And the first thing that I noticed was that you seem to be focused on Kyrie's leadership skills a lot. What is it that you see from Kyrie Irving that does or does not make him a good leader?
3: Well, he's going through that same stage that Kobe Bryant went through, where Kobe had to figure out how to be a leader. And for those that don't remember, when Shaq left, or excuse me, when Shaq got traded, then Kobe, it was Kobe's team, and he was trying to figure out how to lead his team. And, you know, he led him all the way to the A spot in the West, which wasn't exactly uh, the greatest thing if you're a Lakers fan. And uh, some might venture to say that he failed upward. But uh, definitely, you know, he had to learn his his time and learn how to, how to treat players and how to lead players. And I think right now Kyrie is either going through that learning phase or he's showing us all that he's not a leader and never been one. One of the two.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, that leads me directly to my next question. Then is are the excuse me are the leadership traits that he currently seems to be lacking something that you think at this point in his career he's still able to develop?
3: Well, I I I can say that he could more than likely develop them, but you know because I mean I'll say this, Kobe it took him a while to develop them as well he had to learn how to be a leader on his own, but you know, it, it, it didn't necessarily that he's, uh, I would say he's not as talented as a Kobe, so I can't necessarily say he can cover up and you know, kind of lead by the example all the time, because his example is dribbling the ball 20 million times and giving you a dazzling move, but all of his teammates uh, looking at him.
1: Just standing so, around watching, that's something, that's yep. a point I harp on all the time, and so
2: does that so let me jump in here with then. Is that an issue of coaching? Is that just does that just fall on Kyrie? Or is that a coaching issue? That you have a player who is dominating the ball and so dominant that now you got players just standing around watching. Is that does any of that fall on Brad Stevens? And yes. I put that to either of y'all.
3: Just, yes, it does. I I I believe it does. Um and the main reason I believe it does is because last year He coached up this team and you knew he was he was involved and active, even though he was silent on the sideline sidelines. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. This year, he's silent on the sidelines, but it doesn't seem like he's as engaged. It seems like he feels like it's going to work itself out, those type of feelings. But if you look at it, it's getting too late in the season for them to be trying to figure it out. They have too much talent for that to happen. And, you know, as long as we're, we're talking about Kyrie Irving, we can definitely talk about Gordon Hayward throwing off the chemistry as well.
1: Mm, okay. Now, t- John, to that point, mm. um, you, I would simply say, and slightly different than Mike quite said, I, while I do think some of it is on the coaching, mm. there is only so much coaching you can do specifically with a point guard's basketball instinct. Okay. Like you can you can call plays, you can set up play design, spacing where everything wants to be. Mm-hmm. But when you put the guy on the court with the ball in his hands and his instincts tell him, "You're the man, go in." Mm. You're nice. No. And it's almost like in m- in my opinion there are points in the game where if you look at Kyrie, he assumes that if the team is struggling, the answer is more Kyrie. Mm. And oftentimes the case when a player is struggling, the answer is less of, of that, that player. Yeah. Defer, like Still be involved, but defer. Be a decoy. Sometimes even rest on offense and engage on defense, which is also something else you don't see much of from Kyrie, is really focusing on defense, which, where as Mike Patton brought up the uh, Kobe con- Comparison earlier. That's one thing. When Kobe was learning to lead, he had that uh, p- potential to be a much better defender, the best perimeter yeah. defender in yeah, league at, exactly. at that point in his career. So those are differences I would see. I I see there where th- those are some of the limitations I see with Kyrie.
2: Some look, man. We got time. What are others? <laughs> you got time, bro time is yours. Okay. I asked Mike I asked Mike Patton earlier, I said how much time could you give? He's like, "Look, man, it, right. it don't matter. And I'm 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 always here for Kobe, Kobe hate. I'm always here for Kobe hate too, but
1: Kyrie hate especially." <laughs> All right, so Mike, I'll say this to you and then let you I'll, you can give us your thoughts on this. For me personally, I think Kyrie is a quality scorer, one of the most gifted scoring guards I've ever seen. That being said, I think he is much better suited offensively to play off the ball, which is why I thought a situation where when he had LeBron as a teammate who could handle the ball, a more willing facilitator, that was a situation Kyrie should have been more, less reluctant, more reluctant to leave because I think having so- someone that could be that decision maker for him allowed Kyrie to shine more than when the pressure's on him to make decisions himself.
3: Here's what I can say there. Uh, We're probably going to have i I'm guessing this conversation is more about traditional point guard than being a combo guard. So I'm guessing we're going to have differing opinions when it comes to Russell Westbrook as well. But uh, (laughs) as far as Kyrie, (laughs) <laughs> as far as Kyrie, I, I could definitely say that Kyrie, uh, he's a he's definitely a gifted scorer. He's not as athletic as you know other point guards in the league, but he's definitely more skilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he doesn't know how to mix his game into what he can do for the team and what he can do for others to get them going. And he's never found that balance. If he ever finds that balance, then yes. He could definitely
1: lead a team. But, th- is that, but that, that's kind of my he point. He hasn't found it. That balance is the most essential part of playing point guard, especially right. at such a high level. If you can't find that balance, either you're in a situation where your teammates are, like we've said earlier, just standing around watching, or your teammates are involved, but now you don't know, you feel uncomfortable in because you're not in your typical role of getting up 20, 25 shots a game. So I think that was kind of what I was getting at when I was like, that balance seems to be a difficult challenge for Kyrie, which is why I think he's better suited to play off the ball.
3: I hear you, I hear you, but, you know, that's uh you know that's wishing on a star at this point. You might as well go and play the Rolls Royce in the background. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> it, is,
1: <laughs> it, it is wishing on a star, but if we go back <laughs> into not-so-distant history, it seems like a lesson he should have learned considering that in Cleveland they were losing with him on the ball, and then when LeBron took over the ball-handling duties, they won a championship. Well...
3: So, you always want to be the man when you're when you're uh, playing uh, Robin. Mm-hmm. That's true. Learned that from Kobe. So <laughs> you know he, he you know, and, and for those that don't know, why I keep mentioning Kobe is because Kobe was one of his idols mm-hmm. playing basketball. And to many that probably watched Kobe play and watch Kyrie Irving play, they can probably be like, well, I can see why he's his idol.
1: Absolutely. So that's, that's
3: not. That's only reason I'm mentioning Kobe and. And uh, Kyrie Irving together. that's, oh, only
1: that's a good point to make because you absolutely can see some similarities mm-hmm. in the way that works and the way they approach the game from a scoring standpoint. And I got another comparison. Okay,
3: here's the thing: they're, they're off the court too, you can definitely see the comparisons because if you know this, they're 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 both kind of interesting characters off the court.
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: Both have been. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, they both, I guess, from their their different upbringings, that's just how they are and how they respond and how they act. So, yeah, that's another huge comparison. That's why I think those two are are, are definitely comparable. Okay.
1: So, with all this being said, I I guess I'm going to ask you the the real question. Do you believe the Celtics will – be able to get it together this year, or do you think they were better off without Kyrie at, in the form they were last
3: year? Well, I, I never can bet against talent, especially when talent's pushed into a, a hole. The, the Celtics are pretty much dropping fast. They're at the fifth seed in the East right now. Mm-hmm. But then again, if they get in the playoffs and it's a winner go home mentality, that's a lot of talent sitting over there. So it could turn on and it could make it happen. Okay. So you never know. You got all that talent. You look at all the talent they got coming in off their bench. You got Gordon, Gordon Hayward and, and Jalen Brown coming in mm-hmm. off their bench, which both of those guys were. I mean, we we know about Gordon Hayward, but mm-hmm. Jalen Brown was hooping last year in the playoffs. Yeah, he was.
1: Absolutely. That so, last year's playoffs was his coming out party, essentially.
3: Well, it's going to be his trading party this year. So <laughs> that's just what I'm saying. He's going to get traded this offseason. season. I think he will.
1: Now, this
2: is what kind of scares me about the Celtics. And what you're and what you were saying, because honestly, we look at the Celtics now. Celtics are in fifth place. I know on paper, in theory, you might. The jury is still out on whether or not they're a better team than the four teams ahead of them. We know what the record says, but whether or not you consider the Celtics a top four team is still up for debate. We can add a debate later. However, I think they're a team that matches up well with the the one team that's right in front of them, the Philadelphia 76ers. Bingo. I don't think that the Sixers as now me personally, and it hurts me to say this because I'm a sixers fan. I know that the sixers don't match up with the Celtics and I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent confident that even as presently constructed, the sixers can beat the Celtics in a seven game series. Even with all their issues, with all their problems, as a Sixers fan, I don't want to see the Celtics in the first round.
3: It's almost like the Celtics' boogeyman, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the 76ers' boogeyman. They don't, match, they don't match
2: up well with them. So I think even with the Celtics' problem, you know, you talk about, you know, winner-go-home mentality. You know, you have a lot of talent on that team. That team comes out first round and can win a series – you know that's a confidence booster I'll, especially if I'll, they're able to win a series in a fashion you know in a more team oriented fashion whether or not they can do that with Kyrie on the floor is up for debate but it's still something <laughs> it's still it's still enough to scare me
3: i'll i'll give you this mm-hmm. um when you put the sixers and the celtics on the floor together the sixers added a few a few bigger defensive weapons uh, and lengthy guys, and Jonathan Simmons and uh, James Ennis, which both of those guys are definitely lengthy and can defend. The problem is the Celtics have guys that are lengthy and can def- defend, and can score, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward. Now you can't say the same about Jonathan Simmons and uh, James Ennis. So that's I think we're not the getting big a lot of points out of either those guys. guys. Nope. If you do, you better you better tell them to go play the lottery that night because <laughs> they're on one. <laughs>
1: Okay, so now I don't want to sound as though I'm just looking for excuses to bash Kyrie. So I will ask this: as, <laughs> as he looks for excuses to bash Kyrie, oh, I don't need it. I don't need excuses. No, I understand. <laughs> but <laughs> that being said, we mentioned his name briefly earlier. How much do you think the addition of Gordon Hayward to the lineup this year has affected the chemistry? And apart from just the return of Kyrie Irving to the lineup this season where he missed the playoffs last year.
3: I think it has tremendously affected their chemistry. I mean, just look at their team. When they, they played last year, they had Jalen Brown at the two. They had Jason Tatum at the, at the three. And everybody said everything sit right. You bring Gordon Hayward back. Now you got to figure out how you're going to put all these talents on the floor, which at first they try to do, putting Gordon Hayward at the two. Uh Tatum at the at the three and Jalen Brown at the four interchangeable pieces, whatever, didn't work out. Then they changed it out. Now Jalen Brown's coming in off the bench. Jalen Brown doesn't have the same type of pop coming in off the bench as he did as a starter. So now he's kind of his game's kind of, you know, middled around and suffered a little bit. Jason Tatum, his game isn't more as assertive because he's got Kyrie and Gordon Hayward out there now. And, you know, Gordon Hayward went back to the bench, but it's still... It's still almost like Tatum still is trying to find himself. He has his spurts, but he doesn't know he's the man on the team, which honestly, he should be the man on that team because he's the most gifted scorer on that team. So, you know, that's that's the issue. And with him coming back, and kind of threw the timing of everything off. But the Celtics are stuck with him. He's a max contract guy. So I hope they have fun trying to figure that out.
2: <laughs> and by have fun trying to figure that out, I personally – Mean fail miserably. I, I can say that, and, you know, Like I, I, say it on this show all the time. You want analysts, you know, you want objective analysts. Ask Mike a question. I, I, I speak. I speak like a fan.
1: No need to even hide it. And now, just so you're aware, Mike. Of course, we've already discussed slightly my history on my, on my feelings about Kyrie Irving's game. But objectively, going back a season ago, going down to about this time, I think it was maybe into March, where Kyrie had started to get the knee troubles and then ended up missing the playoff run, Boston's offense struggled to score prior to Pro- Kyrie Irving, especially – against good teams prior to Kyrie Irving going down. When Terry Rozier took over the the ball handling duties full time, it seemed like players like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I don't know if it was a confidence of knowing they were going to get the ball more or just having the freedom of knowing with Irving and Hayward both out there was nobody to bench him for, no one looking over their shoulder. That is actually liberating for a basketball player when you're not worried about getting yanked for a mistake. But whether it was a combination or simply the fact that Rozier was more willing to move the ball and put it in his scorer's hands. But there is something to the fact that Boston as a team seems to function better offensively without – what many people consider to be one of the best offensive players in the league and that's just something that I think is hard for many basketball fans especially statistic guys to wrap their heads around so that is that's probably why I think people see Kyrie's numbers he's Averaging this many points and this many assists, and m- can often miss out on the overall effect on a team.
3: Yeah, definitely, uh, Kyrie. Uh, I will say this: if when he's ever done in the NBA, and if he's healthy enough, he could be, he could lead like the resurgence of the Harlem Globetrotters. Hmm. I mean, oh. with his handles and the things that he has going on.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's We're nothing. talking dribble pass and shoot skill set, he's one of the
3: best I've ever seen. Right. Can you imagine the those throws of those guys that look like they're jumping off trampolines? <laughs> Man, mm-hmm. that would be great. But, uh, you know, as far as the, the Celtics, they've got a quandary in itself because they got Kyrie Irving as a free agent. They've got, um, they've got Scary Terry as a free agent this summer too. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see. Who they pay and who they don't pay, and the funny thing is, Marcus Smart is a point guard by trade as well, so they could potentially move him back to the point guard spot also. So they've got a few decisions to make. Honestly, do I think they pay Kyrie? I think Kyrie leaves. To be honest, well, if they offer him the money, then he's going to probably going to take it. But other than that, I think he leaves.
1: And I was thinking the same the- thing as well. I was b- where I was about to go next. So. My next question was going to be: Do you think they made a mistake in not trading Kyrie before the deadline this year?
3: Well, Danny Ainge doesn't really trade people or do all those type of things. Mostly, if he does a trade, it's kind of like a, it's a trade in the off season or something like that. He does not necessarily in season. He's just not that type of guy. Uh, or if he does is that type of guy, he does like you know little accentuating pieces mm-hmm. to his team
1: minor so, moves at complementary pieces, usually not stars that's right. and core pieces that's right.
3: So that's why I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't see them trade him during the season. Uh, he'll probably leave this off season and it would surprise me if uh, he lands elsewhere, but I don't think it will be in New York anywhere. Now plenty of people are talking about him going to New York or anything like that. I just don't see it happening. And it wouldn't surprise me if that uh, Pat Riley picks up the phone and lands him in Miami. Hmm. That would not surprise me.
1: Okay. Now, strictly talking, well, without getting into too much X's and O's, but Mm -hmm. strictly talking basketball fit, use your GM's hat for a second. Where would you think? would be the best fit for Kyrie in the, going forward. Now, I know there's a lot, a lot of moving parts of that. but
3: Honestly, I, I just named it. Miami? I think Miami would be. Yeah, because the thing is, Josh Richardson is a guy they want to build around. They've already said that. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that can do uh, things on the defensive end very well and offensively he can shoot the basketball and doesn't need the basketball in his hands at all times mm-hmm. to make an impact. So that gives Kyrie the freedom to do a few things. And for those that don't know, Josh Richardson actually played point guard for a lot of his time at at the University of Tennessee. So he does have those type of skills. Um, And then plus they don't have any kind of complimentary big man inside. And uh, the rumors are out there that the Miami Heat are trying to get two max players this summer. So you can only imagine what max player, what other max player they're going to be looking at. Hmm. If you've been reading the tea leaves a little bit out there,
1: mm-hmm. and Florida is that state with no state income tax, so it's
3: always attractive to free agents.
1: They can keep this the most of their money in Florida and Texas.
3: This is correct. So I don't see him going to Dallas, which you know Texas has their 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 uh, state tax uh, things as well. But mm-hmm. you know, I do see him going to Miami. I think Miami would be a good fit because the ball's in his hands at all times. I mean, who who's he gonna pass it to besides Josh Richardson? Are you passing it to a white Whiteside who really can't uh function game to game? <laughs> yeah, that no yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, not, no. There's, I'm there's not pass even no. Not mm-hmm. no, but hell no.
3: <laughs> you know you know what he reminds me of, unfortunately. Who, I would say who, Whiteside? Yeah, Whiteside, you know, he, he played great going into his contract year and then he got mm-hmm. a contract and now mm-hmm. he's different. He, he's paid now. Mm-hmm. But you know, there was a worse contract. There was a – I don't know if y'all remember the guy, Jerome James, that played for the New York <laughs> oh, Knicks. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, was the, that was one of the worst big-man contracts in NBA mm-hmm. history. But You remember Ike Austin? Say,
2: that's another one. I, that's one I always Austin. think of. Ike Austin.
3: That's another one, but yeah. i say Jerome James is worse. Scott but, Williams. Uh, oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to take Mate it back Geiger. for a second. Matt Geiger.
1: Mm, that's a bad one.
3: That is a bad one.
1: That is a bad one.
2: All right, now let, let's let's talk a little. Uh, I, I this ship has sailed, but I want to kind of circle back real quick because what earlier in the season when we especially around this whole Anthony Davis saga for what for lack of a better term started. Uh, Mike Jones, you came on this show and said a couple of times that you thought that the best scenario would be a Kyrie for Anthony Davis trade.
1: Oh, I've been saying that since last season.
2: Yeah, I, I said I, that. I, I said started,
1: that in last offseason. Boston should have traded Kyrie to Anthony Davis. Then
2: I only started working with you this season, though. So <laughs> you know, I, I consider the first I, I consider the first time when you told me. But, no, either way. It ma- it made sense. So mm-hmm. let me bring in Mike Patton. Do you think that, I mean, do you agree? Because it kind of, it. when Mike Jones, oh, and I, I, I got to clarify. Yeah, I got to clarify. Mike Jones, when you laid it out, when you laid out the scenario for a Kyrie for AD trade, it made sense.
1: Now, made now, lots of sense. Now, I will say this before you bring in Mike Patton, mm-hmm. that the trade made more sense the closer you were to the beginning of the season. Yes. Because with Kyrie approaching free agency, for the Pelicans to have gotten any return, they would have wanted to close to their mm-hmm. full year where they could try to convince him that was the place for him to be. Mm-hmm. Now, as you get to the deadline, the Pelicans are in shambles, and Kyrie's approaching his free agency, you're pretty much giving up Anthony Davis for nothing at that point, because mm-hmm. you doubt you're going to be able to keep Kyrie. Okay. So that was one thing I said. I've been saying it since mm-hmm. last summer. It also it also made more sense to me last, last summer.
2: Yep. Now, Mike Patton, I asked you, would that would that trade have made sense to you? Could you have seen a trade like that?
3: Well, I couldn't see that trade happening. The only trade. Only way I see that trade that would have happened in terms of uh, Anthony Davis ending up with Celtic would be as J- if uh, Jason Tatum went back to the Hornets. Excuse me, the Pelicans. I had the flashback. I'm sorry. No, it's all uh, good. <laughs> it,
2: it happens to the best of us.
3: did yes, Glad definitely you didn't see the uh, Bobcats. Oh no, 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 <laughs> not doing that one. Nah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only way that trade happens is the Jason Tatum goes back to the to the uh, Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's no deal. There's no deal ever. Oh, and uh hey, matter of fact, since we're talking about Anthony Davis. Did you see last night when he scored the first two points and they, they put it, it on the, the Lakers. Lakers scoreboard? <laughs> that, was <awesome. laughs> that was awesome.
1: Also, did you see during that game it's a close da- game down the stretch and rather than trying to win Anthony Davis is sitting on the bench for the fa- final what quarter essentially? How you know, how do you feel about that happening in the league?
3: It uh, to be honest, I think it's I think it's funny. I think it's quite funny. The reason why I think it's quite funny is because the the Pelicans would rather play him seven minutes a quarter than just sit him on the bench, let him sit there, and let the rest of the team play. Just dress him out, sit him on the bench, let the rest of the team play. He's a, he's a healthy scratch every time. The NBA doesn't have any rules against that. They have rules against basically sitting out players for rest and and basically, you know all those other things, but they would have rules against sitting out players that are just a healthy scratch. Mm. Why not just sit him out? Healthy scratch. Let the rest of the team play. There you go. He can just just pull him up a chair on the sideline. A matter of fact, just pull him up a little recliner on the sideline. Let him sit there reading newspaper while y'all play. Well, I
1: there do. Th- I do think since the commissioner got involved, they do have to play him mm. when he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, un- under threat of <sighs> fine, was what I was told.
3: Uh, they play him one minute and sit him down. Now, that's, that's exactly that's what, what I was about going. to
1: say. Once he's in the game, <laughs> you take him out. So, you would rather see him essentially shut down, though, than out yeah. there competing and trying to win for the team he's on?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I just, I honestly, you know, a lot of people look down on him for his decision that he made and things like that, but I get it. I'm not going to be mad at the player. Because plenty of times these teams have traded players and done this and done that when players have committed to those organizations. So I don't get mad at players for wanting to take their destiny in their own hands. Could have been handled better? Yes, of course. But I don't ever get mad at players for handling their own business the way they handle it. Because Uh, Organizations have been doing it in the NBA, NFL, and other sports forever and ever. And they don't care about this player. Got to relocate his family, put them in a different school. Put kids in a different school, do all those things like that. They don't care. They just—it's just business for them. When players do it, oh my goodness, I can't believe they're doing this. They're so bad. They're this, this, and this. I'm sorry, I got on my moment there because uh, that irritates me. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all, okay. Good. It's all now,
2: good. We we got plenty of soapboxes to pass around, man.
1: Now, for me, I <laughs> I agree. It's just business, and player has right to go wherever he wants to go. But when John and I discussed that one earlier. I, d- I was of the position that I don't like the fact that they did it publicly prior to the tr- with only a couple days before the trade deadline where it's a tough situation trying to get a deal worked out that quickly and when it doesn't get done your teammates are looking at you like what are we supposed to do with you knowing you don't want to be here with this that was the only part about it that I truly did not like was that it was done so publicly by Rich Paul, his agent, where it was just a blatant disregard for his teammates. But that's true. But the desire to go where where he wants to go and be comfortable—that part I'm p- completely okay with.
3: It's gonna be uh, you know, I'm, I, you know, I've definitely got to find some time to to, to contact Clutch Sports and just get into the mind of Rich Paul, because man, <laughs> it's got to be one interesting place to be. Rich Paul, it's got to be an interesting thing to be around, you know, and what his thinking is, and you know, just look at the roster he has going. He just signed. uh, I don't know if you know this, but he just signed Darius Garland, who was the point guard at Vanderbilt Mm -hmm. that was out, uh, out there the injury most of the year. He was a five-star point guard from uh, actually from my high school, actually, uh, that went to Vanderbilt University towards meniscus and now he's entering the draft and now he's expected to be a lottery pick. So, you know, that's his newest signing. So, I just would love to actually just visit you know, or be around Rich Paul just to see how he does it. Man.
2: He's new millennium but that was David But a mess up Falk. on his end though. He's new millennium David Falk. You know, he, he's that guy. He, he's definitely that guy. But honestly, I feel like with this whole AD situation, I get Mike Jones what you said mm-hmm. like him going, him going public with his demands him making his wishes known publicly hamstrung the Pelicans organization
3: mm-hmm. surely
2: I also agree with the point made that you know what players have a right to to honestly take control of their own destiny to exert any sort of control that they might have however I the problem that I have is I feel like I don't I disagree with Adam silver getting involved I feel like he should not have told the pelicans how to handle this situation because the pelicans were put in a situation where their star player said I am not coming back I am not signing an extension I want to leave but if I leave I need to go here mm-hmm. and you know that's you know that that created a problem where now it's like They could not make a deal because rightfully so the Pelicans weren't just going to give Anthony Davis to the Lakers. No. I understand. They have um, to do what's best. Yeah, for the They team. had to do what's best for him, but nonetheless, it's like okay, now you're stuck. Deal wasn't made. You got a you got a star player who's not who said he's not coming back, and also said he doesn't want to be here. So at this point now, it's like, look, man,
1: and don't forget, he still actually has another full season under contract. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's walking That's away true. this summer.
2: Th- that is true, but nonetheless, it's like, look, if they wanted to sit him down, that should have been their prerogative to do so. Because now I feel like the Pelicans are now, they're making a mock, you know, what the Pelicans are doing makes a mockery of the whole process. This whole putting them in for just a couple of minutes, you got a star player, can't even be on the floor at, at, at crunch time. You know, this, it's stupid. Now it just looks stupid. But the Pelicans are in a position where it's like, what else can we do? Because at this point, it would go from stupid to just plain dumb to, to play in one minute. Mhm. but
3: it'd be funny.
2: It, it would <laughs> be. Fun. It, it'd be funny for us. It'd be funny for, you know, people sitting, at, you know, people who host podcasts in another guy's basement, you know, like, <laughs> like me and Mike, <laughs> but you know, it, it's good fodder for us. It's good, you know, for people who talk about it on Twitter. But the fact of the matter is, you know, if you're, if you're the, the now interim GM, because this whole situation got the, got the, got the GM fired in, New Orleans, mm-hmm. he oh, lost this
3: this situation.
2: Yeah, Wait, go ahead. No, no, but but nonetheless, he's out of a job. You got an interim GM with this mess on his hands, and the NBA, like nobody's doing the Pelicans any favors. Maybe they shouldn't. You know, right or wrong, whatever. Nobody's doing them any favors, and the end result is what you have now, which is just plain stupid.
3: Can I can I uh, talk about the, sure. the Pelicans for one minute? Sure, go ahead. You know who I blame about this whole situation on the Pelicans and what they're in now? You know who I blame this on? Who? I blamed it on the former GM, Mr. Dimps hmm. Okay. And you, know, and you know why I blame it on him? Because it's his fault. He signed Solomon Hill to that ungodly deal. <laughs> when he signed Solomon Hill to that deal, I knew the end was near. I just mm-hmm. kept waiting and waiting. I was like, yeah, one day. One day Anthony Davis is gonna say he wants out of there, and sure enough, my dreams came true. <laughs> now, I would say he is—he is the reason that Anthony Davis is leaving New Orleans.
1: Now that that contract definitely did hamstring the Pelicans as far as personnel and who they were able Ooh, to, Lord, yes. who they were able to pursue and try to bring in uh, what free agency moves. They were able to try, try to able to to do. But honestly, how many big name free agents do you think would say, "Let's go play for the Pelicans"?
3: Well, for the money they gave Solomon Hill with Anthony Davis, I'm pretty sure plenty would have. <laughs> <laughs> but at this point, you know, after
2: after they gave all that money to Solomon, knowing that you still had to pay, at that point you figured there was a, the there was a need and an expectation. To sign Anthony Davis down the line, you know, right. what what money was going to be left? What, you know, sign him with what right. money?
3: The thing is, I've, it's just it's just hilarious to me. And then you look mm-hmm. at all the characters they put around the entire time. Just look at all the characters they put around the entire time. They uh, got uh, Alfred Payton there now. Mm-hmm. They got each one more, which is a good piece to have off your bench, but he ain't a starter, now. That's mm-hmm. crazy. You've got, uh, let's see, who else do you have that they put there? You had, uh, I mean, uh, let's see, you, you had a whole bunch of Kentucky guys. That Drew Holiday play. was probably by yeah. far the best piece. Best. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Then you had, uh what was it, Darius? Uh, was it Butler? Or I can't remember what Darius' his last name is. He played in Kentucky, too. You got Frank Jackson coming in off your bench that you put a pick into. I'm just like sitting there thinking to myself, is he just going in throwing darts at the blind board picking these players? Cheek Diallo? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Come oh, on. Give Chuck break, a play.
2: Come break, man.
3: Right. Nah, I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him a timeout and tell him to sit on the bench. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> nah. It just nah. Looking at that lineup, that team, the whole construction of it. Dell Demp should have been fired a long time ago. And Solomon Hill. He was the MVP of the all ski Masque team with that <laughs> with that contract.
1: No, I still think that belongs to Andrew Bynum. Oh, but come on man, you twist um, a knife right there. Well, that, Andrew, that, that, Bynum was, Andrew,
3: Andrew Bynum was Andrew Bynum was hurt a lot, so I give him well, that. I, no, well, no, well, Andrew well, but Andrew Bynum's time but, in but Philly. Solomon Hill is <laughs> Solomon Hill is playing. He's playing and doing his best and that dude <laughs> even if he had 20 shots he could probably hit the broad side of a barn.
2: So what, is, what does it say about a dude
3: who it's like
2: our biggest beef with Andrew Bynum is we traded the bulk of a team. Mm-hmm. The We traded, you know, one of our most prized veterans. And at the time, one of our most prized young players to bring him in. And he never played a game. He, but he got 18 to, million. He got a, a, a boatload of money to have the very best seat in the house at the Wells Fargo center. You know, Man. went went, but yet Mike Patton is on this air saying, despite the fact that y'all traded away your squad and gave a boatload of money to a guy who never played, I've seen this guy play, and that's the worst move than that.
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll, it, it, let me clarify something because uh-huh. you know I used to actually write an all-scheme play team for football and basketball. Mm-hmm. Like who was I used to actually do put these teams together? Mm-hmm. So. There was always a requirement that the guy had to play some games.
1: Okay, like he couldn't
3: just you know. So that, that's just, where yeah. I that's where my came. He couldn't just be a guy that signed and got injured and then you, you put him on an all as squad team. He, I get it, but you got to show us how bad you are. No, I Salma didn't. Hill showed us mm-hmm. how bad he was. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, don't, I don't even. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even understand how he got that contract. That that is a. You know he he must know where the bodies are buried. He must know where Jimmy Hoffa is. I mean, he must know something. That is the only way he got that contract. To me, I I can't fathom how he got that contract.
2: Now, Mike Jones, I got something for you later on in the later on in the year when we get around. Now, me and Mike Jones, we do a bunch. At this point, we we, we just every every week we just come in we come in and we just record a whole gang of podcasts, just one by one. We just bang them out one after Basketball, another. Football, Basketball, football, hockey, whatever. But nonetheless, I will br- when NBA draft time comes around. I don't have an all ski mask team. I have an all bum juice team. <laughs> when we talk about when we talk about bad draft picks, namely bad Sixers draft picks. But we, I got an all bum juice team. Oh, we can talk bad draft. Picks. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So but, so, but that's that's down the line. I want I want to give you a couple of months to think about that. Oh, the all can, bum juice. Oh, team. I can do
1: that whenever. Okay. We, you know I'm <laughs> always ready for that one. Mm-hmm. But. While well, we got Mike Patton on the line, yes. Mike Patton from SportsAwakening.com. Is it
2: SportsAwakening.com or TheSportsAwakening.com?
3: Well, the, the official name is TheSportsAwakening, but the website is SportsAwakening.com. Okay, there you song. go. So we got to get that website right. Mm-hmm.
1: People so, come on our show, we got to get their info right. All right. So, Mike, <laughs> while we're talking NBA, it's only right that we talk about the king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What do you think of what's going on in L.A. right now?
3: <laughs> Boy, I, all that I can say is defense is optional. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, you know, definitely L.A. I kind of expected some growing pains, and I think with the the non-trade for Anthony Davis, that just kind of threw them off a little more. Uh, honestly, I really think they need to get rid of either Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma. My preference, if I'm a Lakers fan, you get rid of Brandon Ingram before you get rid of Kuzma. Now, so see, that better, that's interesting better.
1: to me. That, that I find is very interesting because when I think about the fact that they're building supposedly around LeBron, at least for the short term, trying to make a push to win and win fairly soon, you assume with LeBron, you think they need to move at least one of the two players who are actually capable of shooting the ball from distance.
3: But here's the thing with that. If you but Actually, if you look at Brandon Ingram, he's actually a pretty bad three-point shooter. True. He's not a very his good his, his shooter
1: percentage is down. He,
3: he's, a, he's a guy that can handle the basketball and make points. But what did we just talk about a guy that dribbled and made points? Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. He kind of reminds me of a taller version of him because he's going to oh. dribble and dribble and dribble, and that ball is going to be dead. <laughs> people are going to be looking at him and dribble, he does not dribble, have dribble. the dribbling
1: talent of a Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm.
3: That is correct. So that's why I'm like eh, I could see them losing him and they'd be okay because Kyle Kuzma is a good defender. He can actually shoot the basketball range. He can create his own shot and the ball then get stuck in his hand and another thing he does well and nobody talks about, he cuts off the basketball well, especially when LeBron has it. He makes those cuts on the backside and things like that.
1: Heaven. Okay, so now that I can get. see, This is why I enjoy talking to people who actually know basketball. You're able to, if, I, if whether or not we disagree, there's a reason for your answer rather than just, I like the guy. Wait, wait, so, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 wait.
2: Are you trying to say you only enjoy talking about, I mean, for real, I feel like that was a point of comment. <laughs> I, 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 what are you trying to say
1: here? I'm saying... You got us a quality guest today, John. Good job. All right. You know what? That's what
2: I am saying. <laughs> Carry on, because right, it, it, we, we didn't start the show now, so we you know, we owe three websites at least two hours of uh, content. We can't
1: stop now. So. Oh man! So, but cause now, honestly, when I saw the Lakers sign LeBron, you expect them to fill out the roster with free agents in the off season. But when you look at the free agents they brought in, a Rayon Rondo, a guy who plays on the ball, doesn't play off the ball at all. He's not a catcher. He doesn't have a jump shot. Well, I shouldn't say he doesn't have one. His jump shot is actually much improved from his time in Boston. Yeah. But it's still not a strong point of his game. Same is true for Lonzo Ball. Same is true for a guy like Lance Stevenson. And then we just talked about Brandon Ingram. So when you look at how the the roster is constructed, was it even realistic to expect this team to contend for a above a seventh or eighth seed in the West?
3: Um, I mean, definitely was consistent. It definitely was a, a an expectation, and it definitely was reasonable just because you have LeBron James. Look at the team he played with in Cleveland last year and made it happen. That that that. Just tells you a lot right there. So, definitely the expectation was, was definitely valid, but, you know, it just is what it is right now, and they're going to have to have one heck of a finish to make the playoffs. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but, you know, the, the one guy I think they helped them a lot is Reggie Bullock. Nobody really talks about that minor trade, but Reggie Bullock can hit the three, and he can defend. Now, he's still trying to get used to being a Laker and playing with LeBron James, but Once he gets used to that and gets used to the system, I think he'll be fitting just fine right beside LeBron. And, you know, definitely uh, be able to fill that spot that uh, I think uh, Brandon Ingram will probably be vacating pretty soon. (laughs) Okay. mm -hmm.
2: All right, we spent like 45 minutes talking about trash NBA teams. (laughs) All right, (laughs) I mean, we talked about the, the struggle, in fact, when you have a forty-five minute conversation about basketball, and the best team you've talked about right now is the fourth-place Boston Celtics, who are struggling, you know, we got a fifth
3: place, right? Yeah, that's fifth oh, place. See,
2: see, here I am they've trying to get them—they've lost yeah, four in a row. Here I am trying to give them credit they don't even deserve,
3: including getting blown out the other night.
2: Exactly. Yeah,
3: so, by, by the best team in the East and the team that's going to win the East. At that.
2: Oh, oh, you, oh, you think so? You calling it right now, huh?
3: I've called it since the beginning of the season. That's the Toronto Raptors led by Kawhi Leonard Mm -hmm. will be representing the East in the NBA Finals. Uh,
1: That's that's doable. That's not impossible. Although, I'm still not sure how much I trust Kyle Lowry in the playoffs.
3: Well, Kyle Lowry ain't going to be shooting the ball as much because he's got Danny Green and the other guys. And if you notice this year, he's actually his highest assist total of his careers this
1: year. That's true. He has less Oh, well, I shouldn't say less offensive, less scoring responsibility than he's had in any of their previous playoff runs. So <laughs> It's true. And, and Pascal Siakam, mm, oh, that
3: yeah, is the oh, most yeah. improved player in the NBA right there.
1: That I, may be I the most underrated.
3: That, that in true. my
1: opinion, may be one of the most underrated players in the NBA right now. It's not a name yes. many people knew coming into the year, and it's he's still not a household name. But if you watch that kid play, he goes out there every night and gets the job done. Mm.
2: How much of a factor do you think, and I, I pose this question to both of you guys, how much of a factor do you think the move to bring in Marcus Gasol was? And I always want to call him power. I'm actually proud of myself that's,
1: for not that's calling him power. a huge proud. move. Huge. Wow.
3: I think uh, when it comes to playoff time, mm-hmm. it'll definitely be huge for them because they didn't have a guy they could throw the ball to inside and get an easy bucket. Yeah. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas, you know, he's sometime mm-hmm. And then you looked at uh, – Course you have in there. He had, uh, I mean, you really didn't have anybody else you could just throw the ball to inside. Serge Ibaka yeah. is definitely on the back to the back basket guy. Yeah, he's, he's more of a he's jump shooting, more six of a fifteen to eighteen
1: guy. foot yeah. sp- spot up mid range
3: type of guy. Yep, yep. And then uh, all you gotta do is stop him and just yell, "Carrie Hillson." No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. We ain't gonna talk about that. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, he just uh, he's not a back to you, to the basket guy. So definitely with adding. Marcus All to the team, you get somebody you can throw the ball to inside, and when things slow down, let that big man go to work. And he can step out and shoot the 3-2. And he can pass the basketball. So he fits exactly what Toronto wants to do. And a former
1: defensive aspects. player of the year. He's
3: yeah. a- man, I, I ain't buying that, man. I mean, he, 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 he's a good defensive player, but if you look at him, I would call him the trap. I'm not gonna call him a great defender, I'm gonna call him a traffic cop, because he's a good communicator on the mm-hmm. on the court. But he's not necessarily the greatest defender in the world. No.
2: Raptors got Gasol. Uh Bucks got Meritic. Sixers got Harris. Of those Ooh. of that of those three moves that were made that week, who was the winner? Who was the winner? Ranked in fact I want you to rank them. One, two, three.
3: Oh, hey. man. Let's see. I would go Harris is the best move.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'll go Miritich and then I'll go Gasol. Okay. If it if it's if if, if it makes any sense, those are all good moves. And they you know the the best move, the most most talent definitely is Harris. But the most important move would be Marcus All. Okay. If that makes any sense.
2: Uh, we're with you. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mike Mike Jones, you agree with that though? You agree with that ranking?
1: I might actually put Gasol second ahead of Veritich in Milwaukee, yeah. Yeah. but we're nitpicking. They're all quality moves. Yeah, every team got better. We yeah. talk about three good players moving to three good teams. Mm-hmm.
2: The only the only thing I hate about the the Harris move is the Sixers made it first, so that was the move. And I'm you're you're happy, you're excited, you're like, okay, they made a big move. I like this because for a while we knew that the Sixers needed to make a change at power forward. Mm-hmm. we knew a change needed to be made at power forward because we knew what they had, you know, we couldn't go, I didn't want to go into the playoffs with Mike Muscala and Wilson Chandler. No,
1: from the point they <laughs> traded mm-hmm. for Jimmy Butler and got rid of, of, of Dario, Dario Sarge. Yeah. Yes. You knew they needed a replacement yes. at the power forward yes. position.
2: Yeah. That, and, and honestly, that is what I meant because, I liked starting the season with Dario. Once you lost Dario and you had to replace him in the starting lineup with Chandler and Muscala, mm-hmm. you, you knew something had to be done. And we were sitting over here trying to make sense of like maybe Carmelo, you know, somebody else, you know. Yeah,
1: to, to Tobias Harris there? is not a name, especially with the Clippers being in playoff contention, mm-hmm. that was heard a lot on the NBA rumor mill. So, when you hear his name in the trade, it was kind of a shock factor. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: But then, you see, at this point, the the fan side of me, and I understand. Look, man, I admit it. I'm like 95% fan, 5% objective analyst, if that, on a good day. So, I was buying the hype. I was riding the wave. Like, oh, okay. We got Harris. We got Butler. You know, things is going to change. All right. We're going to rise. Then you see Meritic go to the Bucks. And you see Gasol go to the Raptors. And that little that that little small objective analyst side comes back like, yeah, those are good moves, man. It's it's not going to be easy. If it, if it ever was easy. If it was ever going to be easy. So I mean, those those are definitely definitely good moves, all three of them. And the fan side, yeah, you know what, I'm 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 good with what the Sixers did. Objective side, yeah, those are the two moves. They you know,
3: let me give you a let me give you a little bit of uh side history on this uh, Harris trade too, and how it's affected uh, the team. Okay. Don't know if you've noticed, but the usage of Jimmy Butler has gone down.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Jimmy Butler's not as effective as he was without with uh, with Harris on the team. So, that brings me to my point. Do we see Jimmy blow again before the season is over? And that would, that would bring me, let me say to Jimmy Butler fans, Jimmy Butler is still one of my favorite players in the NBA. But he he has had some issues getting along with people at every stop. He so
2: he has, that's but and and honestly, and I uh, let me. I want to get both of your opinions on this. I feel like yes, Jimmy has a history. I understand that, but I feel like this situation could possibly be different, and this is why. Yes, his. His shots are down. His effectiveness is down. But his shots and effectiveness are down because his teammates are, one, he has better teammates, and he has teammates that are dedicated to winning. You know, this is not necessarily having to defer or whatever, losing numbers, losing stats, and you got Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Wiggins, or Andrew Wiggins, I swear I keep wanting to call him Anthony. But you got Wiggins and Towns who it seemed like he didn't have a lot of respect for. Kind of wish were more, would be more of, quote unquote, the guy.
3: Mm.
2: I think the situation is different. Now, he very well could blow a gasket he very well could blow up and be unhappy. But I think there there are distinct differences that make this situation different, and I'm not sure if this is the the type of situation, despite what you see in his numbers, that would cause Jimmy Butler to be unhappy. Now, I pose this question to Mike and Mike. Not those Mike and Mikes, but our Mike and Mike. All
1: right, well, I will hop in real quick Mm. on this one. With Jimmy Butler, since Tobias Harris has gotten here, Jimmy Butler's usage has definitely changed. Mm-hmm. But part of that is that if you watch the games, it's not so much that Butler's touches have gone away as much as sometimes you'll just see him passing up opportunities to shoot. Mm-hmm. He'll And oftentimes you also see him playing that backup point guard role mm-hmm. where he's looking to be more of a facilitator than a scorer mm-hmm. And you have multiple guys that could put the ball in the hole on them at this point. Mm-hmm. So I personally have not noticed any malcontent. Yeah, and I, and I think as long as they are able to make a quality run in the playoffs, if it's a first-round exit, Jimmy may have some issues going mm-hmm. into the offseason. If they make a real play, run in the playoffs, I expect them to be back.
2: I think honestly, it's also what also plays into it. And Mike, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, Mike Patton, I want to get your thoughts on this too. It's how they go out in the playoffs. If they go out in the playoffs, five game, say say number four seed play Boston, a team they already match up poorly with, and then just go out, you know, with a whimper, five games, three of you know, three maybe four of those games not even being close. Then yeah, Jimmy is. Jimmy's unhappy. Say you even lose seven games, and there are seven com, you know competitive games where you're just like, okay, maybe we need to tweak this roster a little bit, and we can be better. We weren't better than Boston this year, but we make some tweaks. We come back, we you know a full off season together. Maybe we can be better. I think that plays a part in.
3: Oh, let's see. <laughs> you got Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. He's been in Chicago. He had young pieces. They didn't do what that he liked. He blew up. He was out. You got Minnesota. He's there. He's supposed to be the leader. He gets him back to the playoffs. Still not happy. Young pieces and him bump heads. He's out. Philadelphia. You got young pieces and two players. And they are the franchise cornerstones of that team. Does he bump heads with them? Well, if Ben Simmons don't get a three-point shot, he might. But uh, I, I see it. I see him kind of cooling out right now. I give him that. And but you know, you never know. You never know with Jimmy. Jimmy could get you know fiery at the wrong time, and who knows? Vice Harris could get mad and fire back at him. They got to remember they got to sign both of those guys back this offseason, and they've always been planning to do so too. So, you could be looking at one of the most expensive rosters in the NBA next year, with the Philadelphia seventy six, especially with, with with uh with two signing both of them back. Mhm. Yeah, which honestly, do I think both sign back? Yeah, I definitely do. There's a very high probability of it, I should say. But there's always that possibility that one of those guys could leave. And one of those guys could possibly end up in New York. And that would be Tobias Harris going home. But that's another story for another day.
2: No, I understand. And and probably if, if that were to happen, you know, as much as I like this as as much as I like the trade, I probably Would be very easy for me to then flip and hate Tobias Harris for the rest of his career if he went to (laughs) to the Knicks. You know, I like him. I like him here. I like what he brings here. You know, I like his game, but I have I have no problem at this point now. Like, yeah, dude, I hate you, guy. Why would you go to New York? Yeah, you suck, guy. You were never good here, and I understand that all that is you know just fan speak and not realistic and not even accurate but yeah that's how i would feel i would come on this show because i had you know i have a podcast that i can speak on this one and i would just hate on tobias harris for the rest of his career like you suck guy <laughs> I, uh, I, don't, I don't need all the yeah. days work right it, it's all, exactly exactly um. again i lead i lead an objectivity to you guys and this is why I love you, John. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, you know, I, I, I need that love. I need that affirmation, man. <laughs> uh,
1: man. The... All right. So I'm. I'm... <laughs> me, My, Mike Patton, regroup. if you could,
2: Mike Patton, if you can see Mike Jones's face right now, he <laughs> he knows he needs to move on. He knows there needs to be another point to be made, but he's not quite sure where to go at this point. And quite frankly. I pride myself on putting Mike into those situations because I feel like he's not in those situations hardly enough.
1: It's a rare, <laughs> it's a rare person and a, a true talent to be able to do that to me. And, and,
2: and me, look, I gotta start somewhere. <laughs> gotta start somewhere. <laughs> well, look, you know, once again, once again all right, you've not you've now talked about you put it on record, you put it out there. Toronto Raptors are the team in the East. So are you saying? that it's going to be Toronto and Golden State in the NBA finals or are you do you think at this point this could be the year a team not the Golden State Warriors goes to the finals from the
3: west I think it'll be the Warriors and the Raptors but here's the here's the funny thing here's the funny thing that always happens mm-hmm. you know sometimes I, I write like my predictions for 2018 mm-hmm. or or the year coming up last year i wrote that the Warriors would not make it to the finals they made it to the finals. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, sometimes when I write stuff, it happens like the year later. Oh. So it wouldn't surprise me if it happened a year later that the Warriors don't make it to the finals, but I'm not necessarily betting against them. Yeah. If that makes any sense. <laughs>
1: oh, I get it. It's, so you're saying it's a possibility they missed the finals, but they're still the betting favorite.
3: Yes. The only, the only thing you need to make the – I would say this. The one thing you need to make the finals would be uh, for them to miss the finals, I'm sorry, <laughs> would be a DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green blow-up. Now, that would be classic TV to see both of them blow up at each other. Mm-hmm. Man,
1: the team I would,
3: pay, I would pay to watch that.
2: Give me a triple threat between Green, Cousins, and throw in Durant as well.
3: And, that's, and Durant yeah no you got throw in you got throw in Shady Durant with the burner accounts and all yeah, exactly oh that Durant no Durant.
2: that's a package deal <laughs> that comes with it you getting Durant and you getting all you getting all set you know you there's a good chance you're gonna get Durant burner accounts colangelo burner accounts you know maybe <laughs> throw in a couple in B burner accounts whoever's got them they all picking sides.
3: oh man that'd be a mess right there yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, so
3: all right, no Mike,
1: we've been on we've been sitting here talking for over an hour at well this point. Well, over an hour. And I'm not going to take a whole lot more of your time. We've enjoyed having you tonight. Yes, sir. And as much as we w- I would love to keep talking NBA all night, we've got some big baseball news we've got to move on to. Oh, man. But oh, man. I shouldn't
2: even say all oh, man." Like it's
1: why am I saying "oh man"? Like it's terrible news.
2: It's all oh, man." Like it's great news. all oh, man, because you know we're about to say goodbye to Mike, but you know it's still it's, it's great news for base. Well, Philly baseball.
1: But Mr. Patton, before we let you go, I do want to give you a chance to let everybody listening know exactly where they can look for you and find all of your work.
3: Well, you can find me at uh, sportsawakening.com. Let's see. You can find me at ProPlayerInsiders.com, which that website allowed me to go cover the Super Bowl for a second time in a row. Uh, Let's see. You can find me at the Nashville Voice, which that'd be basically me covering Nashville sports and, you know, a little bit of music and stuff like that, which I've got a a nice music interview lined up in the next week or two of a Nashville artist that a lot of people don't know about, but they will come to know. Uh, Let's see where else do i write well that's all i can think of right now but (laughs) but uh yeah you can find me uh, also you can find me on twitter as well at general underscore mp so it's another place you can find me
1: all right well thanks again mike i will go i didn't mean to cut you off
3: oh no that's all good man and (laughs) one thing i can say is uh you know when bryce harper signs that contract can they fly like J D and Jay Z? In can they see money and a thing? Can they just say that? while he signed the contract? That would just be like classic right
2: now. No, uh, that can't happen because we only play Meek Mills for signings in the city now. <laughs> uh, can only championships? Yeah, You're champ- playing, championships? We're playing championships. We playing well, co- championships. Well, one, we have to play Dreams and Nightmares because that's just customary. I've, I've, you know, that's <laughs> that, that that is where it has become in this city. I've, I've never seen like the song's completely acceptable. Everyone sings it black and white. Everyone. Whole whole song. Full, mm-hmm. no, full not not even the clean version, not even the radio version. You know, they sing the whole song. For you whole know, way. yeah, yeah, that's and it's just accepting. See a mm-hmm. white dude singing uh uh dreams and nightmares that you know, the dirty version you don't mm-hmm. even look you only give him the side eye. You just, you know No, he's an Eagles fan. You know he's an Eagles fan. Uh,
3: yeah. You know, uh, if he if he say some few choice words, then he will get <laughs> you, more inside eye. Well, well, look, you leave
2: the you the city limits. You know that might happen. You know, you you stay within Philly. I <laughs> but no, but you know it. You know that it, that that's personal discretion. But nonetheless, but but nonetheless, you know, you know, it is what it is. Fans is fans are excited. So, it, but I'm, I can almost guarantee you, it's going to be meek at the, at the uh, press conference.
3: Oh, boy. me going to be up there screaming. And then yes. You know, he so yes. He starts screaming. Yes. And then he starts losing his voice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mike,
2: thank you, my brother.
3: No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right. Mm-hmm.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mike Patton from SportsAwakening.com and ProPlayerInsider.com. Look, man, we didn't talk the whole We didn't miss, like. We didn't take any breaks yet. We didn't take
1: no breaks. All right, so let, let's get one in. All right. Then we'll come back and talk some more sports.
2: All right, gotcha.
0: When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the best in the world sports report with all knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at PhillyGoFlow.com.
3: Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier.
1: My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off.
2: At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma.
3: I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me.
2: No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
0: The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.
1: All right, everybody, we're back. Mm, Good first hour or so of the show. Mike Patton from Sports Awakening was with us. Yeah. Yep. That I, told, was fun. I,
2: I, I, I had you back Look I will get you I don't
1: necessarily
2: need Guests Who will take my side When I disagree with you And I know that you don't need them either yeah. But to show you that I can be fair I will bring in people when, when need be Bring in people who will back you up Who you are on the same page with
1: mm-hmm. Now now, Granted, I, do, but, I will say that I think my um, how can I phrase this? My disdain for that point number eleven point guard style man, say of play. his name,
2: Man, we got a lot of time, man. Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you his him.
1: style of play I think I have a greater disdain for than pretty much anyone I've come across. But even so, wait a minute. So you're saying okay?
2: Let's let's real quick. Let's get on the hate scale. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, Russell uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Rank. Carmelo Anthony, we'll put in the hate he scale. He
1: doesn't play anymore, so you don't care about him. No, he okay.
2: All play. Right. Cool, cool, cool. Westbrook, Harden, and uh, Irving. Rate them as far as who you hate the most. Go least through most. Least through most. Yeah, least through most.
1: Westbrook, I hate the least. Okay. Is that because of re- his his play this season? Partly. Okay. But he was also a guy who understandably had an attack mentality because he was a two guard his whole life prior to joining the NBA. Okay. And even the early years of his career in the NBA, he had Harden with him, Mm. who did a lot of the primary ball handling when they were on the court together. Okay. So he was a guy who simply needed time to learn a new position. Okay. And. NBA coaches aren't necessarily teachers most of the time. They are guys who will tell you to go out there, do what you do well, help us win, or come sit down. So there was a learning curve I expected to see, and every year you would see some improvement from Westbrook to now he's at a point where, other than learning how to find his own offensive rhythm Mm -hmm. while still being deferential, which is usually the last step when switching from the two, two to the one, He's made a fairly successful transition. It took a little while, but he got there.
2: Okay.
1: Then, so Westbrook, I, I hate the least. Okay. Harden would be next for similar reasons. Okay. While he is, or has played a little more point guard than Westbrook had, mm-hmm. he's a two guard too. He's he's a shooting guard. He's a scoring guard. He's a six five. I'm um, get shots up get shots up type of guy who in Dan Tony's system has been put on the point.
2: Mm. But that's more like, that's more because CB3 has been hurt so much,
1: right? But even with the year before CP3 got there mm-hmm. and then last year with CP3 there, if you watch what Dan Tony does, mm-hmm. he tends to stagger their minutes. Because he likes his system with one guy who's a ball handler to everybody else feeding off of them, mm-hmm. so he doesn't tend to play them a lot of minutes together, mm-hmm. other than the very beginnings, first five minutes of a game, mm-hmm. and the very end, last five minutes or so of a game. Okay. Other than that, he usually staggers their minutes. Okay. So, Harden would be third. Number two.
2: Now you said West, Westbrook
1: is third, Harden second. No, I said Westbrook is fourth. Harden is third. You only named three people. Okay. Oh, okay, well, keep going. All right. All right. I'll yeah. stay out of your way. <laughs> I'm handing you the ball and I'm stepping to the side. I see where the miscommunication was. Okay. But I'm, I'm correcting you, correcting the list as I go. Okay. It's okay. Act, So, with the three people you named okay. me, I have to give you the fourth one to be accurate. Okay. Because, fourth is, because, fourth two, is of the, because two of them were the bottom two of the four. Okay. So. W- <laughs> So four Westbrook. hmm Three Harden. Okay. Two. It's Kyrie.
2: Oh whoa. Alright now, this is this is shocking because that means there's somebody you hate more than the three of those guys. Okay. I'm There's one guy.
1: Okay. You should know the name. I, I I'm drawing a blank, but I feel like I should know. You should know the name because I currently with Carmelo not being in the league, mm-hmm. believe he's the most overrated player in basketball. Okay. John Wall. He fits in that group just with the rest
2: yeah. of them. Yeah. Okay. It was more out of sight, out of mind with Wall because he's been hurt for uh, this The last season. month or yeah. two. So I didn't think, you know, at that, okay, all right. See, I, I thought it was just going to be somebody completely out of left field. Okay, no. You, you have said that on plenty of occasions. But speaking of Washington, speaking of dudes from Washington who don't play there no more, it was a big signing in baseball.
1: It was a big signing in baseball. Now,
2: last week on this show, we got together and we complained because baseball season, the the preseason had started. Mm-hmm. Pitchers and catchers had reported. And at that point, one of the two biggest free agents of the winter had signed. Manny Machado had just signed, gotten his bag from the uh, Padres. Bryce Harper was still out there. Up until when we taped this show, which which was Thursday afternoon, when we woke up Thursday morning planning to talk on this show, we were going to talk basketball for the whole show.
1: Yeah. When... When I woke up Thursday morning,
2: mm-hmm.
1: my plan for this week's show, I was going to mention baseball, mm-hmm. but it was simply going to be five-minute rant about how this long, drawn-out process is starting to get on my nerves, mm-hmm. and I was going to get into the difference of why it never happens in other sports. Okay. The other sports are sc- salary cap sports. Okay. So with a limited number that a team can spend in a salary cap sport, if a player wants big money, they have to sign early because mm-hmm. if a team spends up all the rest of their money filling out their roster, mm-hmm. then you end up being stuck. Okay. Whereas baseball, there's no salary cap. A guy can wait it and wait it and wait it out
2: until he, finally gets, until money he,
1: he gets what he wants. So baseball players actually have all the leverage when it comes to free agent negotiations. The salary cap in other sports puts a limit on, like NBA has max contracts, so you know there's a number you they won't go above. They can't go above, period. NFL, there's a hard salary cap, and teams have histories based on positions, how much they're willing to spend, percentages of the cap and such. You know how that generally works. Baseball, none of that. None of that. Mm-hmm. If a team has the money and is willing to spend the, pay the luxury tax, you can get a $300 $300 million guaranteed contract. And let, let's be clear, 330 million dollars guaranteed yes, is the richest contract in American sports history as far as guaranteed money goes. Mm-hmm. No one's got more guaranteed money in American sports history than one Bryce Harper just got from the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm-hmm. What does that make you feel when I say that? 330 13 years, excuse me, 330 million. Relief. Relief that the deal is done.
2: I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's over. At this point, it took so long where I'm just glad that this is over. I'm even more happy that it's over, and the team that I cheer for has won. The team that I cheer for got what they were looking for. Bryce Harper is probably going to be a Philly for – he stands a good chance of being a Philly for the rest
1: of his career. Now, that was actually one of the things he said was people were expecting there would be a opt-out in the contract, and there were – in the, the last several days, there were multiple reports about the opt-out, Harper wanted it after three years and things like that, were part of the situation where what the hang-up was on getting a deal done. Mm-hmm. That turned out not to be the case at all. Mm-hmm. What Scott Boris, Bryce Harper's agent, has come out and said was that Bryce and his wife wanted one stop for the... To finish his career, and he wanted it to be like family, and to them, family meant commitment. Mm-hmm. Commitment from both sides. There's no opt-outs, and a full no-trade clause. So it's so it's
2: win with Bryce or bust. Yes, it's win with Bryce or bust, and that's cool with me. I think, honestly, more than the length of this deal what really annoyed me was honest was the makeup of what went on to get to this deal where we now live in the social me- media era where everyone has an opinion everyone has a medium to share their opinion mm-hmm. we've talked about it at length the last couple of weeks of how now we live in an era where a narrative takes precedence over everything else, and all off season, you heard story after story. Bryce really isn't that interested in Philly. Mm-hmm. Bryce doesn't want to come to Philly, you know, and that's what you heard. People were saying, "Hey, look, man, it's taking so long because really, Bryce is just waiting for another team to come come through with an offer that will give him what he wants." at the length that he wants. And he really, you know, and then after that, it was, well, Philly, you know, the Phillies are willing to give Bryce Harper whatever he wants. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there there is no, you know, there's no number too high. Phillies want to spend stupid money. That was a term people used all, all winter, stupid money. Phillies going to spend. That was the term the owner used. Yeah, stupid money. John
1: Middleton came out and said the Phillies had stupid money to spend. Stupid
2: money to spend.
1: So then, so it was then,
2: Bryce really just doesn't want to play here. Play here. Play here, here. Months later, what was he? Oh, Bryce wants opt out years. Mm hmm. Bryce wants a long term deal. Bryce wants a long term deal. Then it was Bryce wants an opt out year. Then is Bryce is willing
1: to accept a short term deal from the Dodgers. Now that was you I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay. Because 3 years I, mean, I keep saying 3 years. 13 years cuz I'm not I I have to get used to saying that. 13 years. 13 years. That's a ridiculous number. Yeah. But 13 years at 330 million dollars ends up being an average of just over 25 million per year, 25.38 mm-hmm. or they are about million mm-hmm. per year. The Dodgers, while offering a shorter term offer, a shorter term deal, I believe was what well, the number I heard was 4 years mm-hmm. with an opt out after 2, would have had an average of 45 million per year. Yeah. So if that's the case, Bryce Harper, that to me, doesn't sound like a guy who did not want to be in Philly. Yeah. You could have got, well, see, you got 330 over t- over 10 years. You could have got 90, 180 over four years, mm-hmm. which is more than half the money mm-hmm. in a third of the time, and then being a, a free agent again, made up the rest of the money. Mm-hmm. That was an option for him. He wanted to commit to somewhere, somewhere he could call home, mm-hmm. and he chose Philly for that.
2: Because believe, I think, believe it or not, there are players who don't enjoy
1: the free agent process.
2: There are players who want, who live to be a free agent, live for teams to beg for him to be there, to roll out the red carpet, to do everything they need to get him, you know, to get him the bag that he wants, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. There are te- there are players who like that, and there are some players that are like, you know, what this is, you know, this is a circus. I don't want this. So let me go someplace
1: and let me just be there. So to use an analogy from another sport, we're okay. talking maybe LeBron versus Tim Duncan. Okay. As far as personality types and approach to free yeah, agency,
2: I think you know, and and honestly, there's there's a case to be made for both of those philosophies. There's a case to be made for LeBron to be able to put himself in a position where if team isn't going in the direction he feels it needs to be going, mm-hmm. that he can just jump ship. Fans might not like it. Analysts might not like it. Critics might not like it. LeBron seems to love it. That's why, you know, here you have a uh, a player that a case could be made that is one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest player of all time. That's a debate for another show. <laughs> But nonetheless, you have a guy who can be who can legitimately be put into the conversation who has changed teams what, four times in his career. Yeah. Never been traded? But has changed teams four times in his career.
1: You can't trade him.
2: No, you can't. But nonetheless, it's like when you think when you think of like say for instance, a Charles Barkley, mm-hmm. who's played for what? Played for three, three teams. Three teams was traded each time.
1: Was traded each time. First time he demanded a trade. Mm-hmm. Second, time Second time, the running team moved on. Yeah, the Second, team the run in no, Phoenix but, was over. But, but His but body of, was breaking down. But no,
2: but nonetheless, what, what the point? The point is, whereas here is a person who who LeBron is somebody who had con- who took control. Yeah, who was in control each time. Mm-hmm. Did not wait for the team to get rid of him. Did not force the team to get rid of him might have forced a few teams to make moves that he wanted to make but nonetheless took control but the point that I'm trying to make and I tie it all into Bryce Harper is there's some players that just don't want to deal with all that give now, me the money that I give me the money that I want I'll be here for the rest of this time and you I still expect you to to make
1: a winner now the point I was making bringing up that comparison okay. was more so I think whether or not LeBron knows where he's going in free agency. Mm-hmm. He just likes the story being about him. Okay. He likes the attention being on him. That's true too. I, I'll stop you when you're wrong. And you know, likes the cameras. Likes turning on ESPN and seeing Rachel Nichols and Stephen A. Smith and all these other people just mm-hmm. talking. Where is he going? What's he going to do? It? He mm-hmm. likes the headline. Okay. LeBron is all about brand. Mm-hmm. He's. Marketing may be his first career. Basketball might be his second job. Okay. LeBron's first job is marketing. Whereas Bryce Harper, his first job is playing baseball. Okay. His second job, preparing to play baseball. All reports I hear about Bryce Harper, or he's despite, you know, a little bit of a look with the hair and the Mm. glasses that he wears and such. He's a hard nosed, play the game the right way, blue collar type baseball player.
2: Now, I, I would say, I think coming into the league, Bryce Harper had kind of a had a
1: knock for being a hothead. He's an 18 year old kid who just made it to, the, or 19 year old kid who just got think, to the majors.
2: But I think I think a hothead in a I think a hothead for not not necessarily hothead, passionate about the game, hothead but just short-tempered hothead. Now, granted, I don't hear any of those things anymore. You never hear – I mean, yeah, he fought Papelbon in the in dugout a couple of years ago.
1: Papelbon was known to be not such a nice guy himself. Either. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
2: But nonetheless, what I'm saying is, as opposed to when Bryce Harper first came into the league, what you were hearing and what you've seen in the years since then, you know i I think his image has changed. the perception of him has changed. I think more of the perception is how you describe it as God, it's all about ball mm-hmm. all- all about ball, and the only thing that comes second to ball that comes second to ball is preparing to play ball. hmm Do I think there's a little bit of him that's that's concerned about his image? Yes do i think there's a part of him that's concerned about his brand yes but, but i think it's his brand i think his brand revolves around ball
1: and not the other way around in 2019 in the social media era mm-hmm. you have to be concerned about image right. one wrong s- slip of the tongue cameras everywhere reporters everywhere like literally Everywhere you go, everyone has a video camera. Mm-hmm.
2: You remember, uh, you remember. Let, let's let's jump in a time machine
1: for a little bit. All right. All right. Let's talk Phillies for a second. Yeah, remember l- remember l- Lenny Dykstra and John Kruk and those guys. Mm-hmm. If, what do you think they'd have been like in this day? And in age? this day and age, with cell phone video everywhere, Lenny
2: Dykstra would be no different than he is right now. You know, I I think le- the the way you see Lenny Dykstra's life playing out, Lenny would Dykstra would have be-
1: never made it to the majors. <laughs>
2: No, I think he was too talented not to make it to the majors, but I, I see what you're saying. The point, but real quick, you remember when Randy Johnson mm-hmm. first signed with the Yankees? Yeah. You remember that walk to, wasn't it the walk to his press conference where he got into the, the, the dust up with the photographer? Mm-hmm. And that one was ruined his whole, that whole chapter in his life. Think about that a thousand times more now. When you talk about, you know, image and brand and social media and the fact that everybody's watching. Now, you look at Bryce Harper and where is he going? He's coming here. Mm -hmm. He's coming to Philly. And he just signed the richest contract, like, ever. Richest contract ever.
1: But most total money, longest longest guaranteed years, years.
2: Years and money. We're talking years and money. Not
1: the highest annual average value. No. But, but
2: we're still talking in years
1: and in, as in about, years and total money yeah, both the biggest
2: biggest think of the pressure that he has to produce from day one now I made a comment on Twitter and it's funny this one guy this one guy tried to call me out and I swear it's a burner account <laughs> I swear it's a burner account and he got offended when I asked him was he a burner was this a burner account because he had like 17 numbers in his screen name and one follower but he wanted to seventeen numbers in the screen ain't one follower, but he wanted to call me out because I said, "You know what Bryce Harper is going to come here, and as soon as he signs a dotted line, there are going to be people in Philadelphia that think he's overpaid Mhm now you lifelong Philadelphia fan, just like me, lifelong Philadelphia fan you tell me is that was that true or false was that was that a true uh, was that a true statement? Now, not everybody, I'm not talking for the entire fan base, but you know good and well,
1: it's, there are people well, who heard 13 well, years,
2: 330 million,
1: and said that guy's overpaid. All right, well, let's let's look at the statement you made. One, you're asking if it's a true statement. One, you said Bryce Harper's going to come to Philly. He did. True statement. Yep. Second part, 13 years, there are going to people who say it's too long. I've already heard it. Yep. 330 million, 25 million a year average, th- I haven't heard as much complaints about the average number, but I have heard big complaints yeah. about the 330, 330 total, yeah. which is more focused on the fact that you're paying them that much for that long. Mm-hmm. I look at it this way: when Ryan Howard got paid, how'd you, as a Phillies fan, when they as paid, a, when they paid as a Phillies fan, I'm, when they paid Ryan Howard his contract, how'd you feel about it?
2: I thought it was just, I th- that's what you're supposed to do. Ryan Howard at that point in time was a World Series champion,
1: mm-hmm. an
2: MVP, and Rook- and Rookie of the Year.
1: All right. Now, when I, when I saw Ryan Howard get his big contract with mm-hmm. the Phillies, yes, I thought he was overpaid. Okay, that's a guy I thought was overpaid mm-hmm. because they gave him, at the time, what was Albert Pujols' money, mm-hmm. what was a Rod money? Okay, that twenty five million dollar a year deal. Mm-hmm. His was shorter term. Yeah. That was the only difference, but the average annual salary was in the same ball- ballpark at those with those guys, okay. at around twenty five million.
2: Okay, so let me let me ask you. Okay, go. That
1: ahead. was Finish back point, but I have in I ask you. two thousand ten ish, somewhere around there. Okay, maybe two thousand nine. So ten years ago, mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, one of the best players in the game today, is getting the same average annual salary essentially that Ryan Harper got, Ryan, Ryan Howard. Howard got ten years ago. Okay. That can't be overpaid.
2: That can't be overpaid, but honestly but look what you just said before that. There are people who look at this contract, they see thirteen three hundred and thirty. Uh-huh. Breaking it down to what you get per year, that's that's going beyond the surface. How many people
1: do you know actually do that? Uh, it takes like ten seconds with a calculator. I understand how much three thirty divided by thirteen. I
2: understand that. Question wasn't
1: how do you, you do it. You're right. The question was how many people mm-hmm. being generous twenty five percent. That's that's very generous. It's very generous. That's ve- very very ge- like right. there are people right, with- being realistic seven <laughs> percent. Exactly. The other eighteen in that twenty five percent is waiting for the seven percent to give them the number. Mm-hmm. They want the number. They're just not going to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But
2: that's just it. Let me throw out a couple names. All right, you said you thought Ryan Howard was overpaid. Yes, Andre Iguodala when he got when he got broke off by the Sixers was he overpaid? No.
1: Okay. Okay. Andre Iguodala was a very good basketball player. Some people thought he was overpaid. He just wasn't. He was not a primary scorer. Understood. But
2: there, you admit that there were people who thought when he got that money he was overpaid. Mm Hmm. Elton Brand. Yes. Yes. Overpaid. Yes. So Ryan Howard overpaid. Elton Brand overpaid. Andre Iguodala no.
1: Ryan Howard got A-Rod pool host numbers. Okay. A-Rod and pool hit for average. Okay. Ryan Howard would strike out anything low and away, break breaking low Understood. and away. Understood. Like anything breaking Understood. low and away was a strikeout.
2: I did not say whether the argument was legitimate or not, but I said there were people as who see I'm that. I'm just m- providing context yeah. to why. No, I understand. What I'm saying is I understand that there's context. Mm-hmm. Not denying that there's context. Yes, there is context.
1: However, but at bottom line, bottom I, line is Ryan Howard overpaid, Andre oh, Iguodala not overpaid, Elton, Elton Brand, Brand Wolf, in Philly as Wolf. a player yes. overpaid. That was post Achilles, mm-hmm. tail end of his career. He was already not yep. the most athletic guy to begin yep. with. Post Achilles, he had maybe, a, honestly, a twenty inch vertical.
2: In this city, there will be people who will make a case that a player is overpaid no matter what the context. Correct. So there are players that are there are players there's argument that can be made for people see you know, the numbers and, and just, against. Yes. And
1: that's all that's all they see is that and, one number and, and the point
2: that I tried to make was you know what? No matter what Bryce Harper sides for, unless he somehow bumped his head and said, You know what, I'll come play for the league minimum. Mm-hmm. And you know, not only would his agent stop him, but the you don't players, hire you,
1: Scott you, Boris to play for the league minimum. Exactly. <laughs> I I know.
2: I know that what I just said was make believe for make believe. Oh, I know. But what I'm saying is that's what it. Unless somehow that happened, mm-hmm. which we know there's a less than zero chance of that happening. Le- less than zero. Mm-hmm. You knew that Bryce Harper was going to get broke off. Mm-hmm. You knew that, and you knew that if he got broke off in this city, there's going to be somebody complaining about it from the moment—not even the moment the ink dries—from the moment the, the pen hits the paper.
1: For actually, let's see when from the time the reports first came out that the Phillies were finalizing the deal, mm-hmm. the ink wasn't dry yet, and you're hearing people complain. Yeah, so it's before the ink dries. Before there's ink on the contract. People are complaining.
2: My father, my father was not home. I Mm -hmm. live with my father. Okay. He lives lives in the house with me. Well, I live in his house. All right. (laughs) But we live in the same house together. He was not home when the news came down. I heard him come home. First thing I did, I, I walked up to him and I hugged him. And he's like, what the heck is wrong with you? Why are you hugging me like this? And I said, we got him. Son, I just asked, what the heck is wrong with you? We got who? <laughs> we got Bryce Harper. Like, what? He's like, we got him? Yeah. 13 years. And that's when he first, he, he took a, he had to take a step back. 13 years, 330 mil. Mm-hmm. No opt-outs, full, no treat. And he was just like, wow. But I told, I, I said to him, I said, you know what? Let's keep it real. You know, know, know what, 13 years? no opt out full no cl- no trade means it means the chances that this city still loves bryce harper at the end of this deal are slim and none <laughs> now here's the di- now because i'm not because i don't want anyone to hear this and hear me talking and thinking i'm being debbie downer negative nancy or whatever i'm saying that is the reality but I will cross that bridge when I, I mean, get
1: there. I mean, let's, th- let's all right. Let's talk about that realistically. Because okay. people will hear that s- statement on the service. Oh, he's hated, or he's talking about Philly fit mm-hmm. Neither is the case. No. Nope. That baseball, a 10-year contract. When the Angels signed Albert Pujols, mm-hmm. they loved the signing. Oh, yeah. It's Albert Pujols. Yeah.
2: They can't get rid of that contract fast enough. And they can't.
1: They, that not contract can- was 10 years. Mm-hmm. By year four, five, they were sick of that contract. Like by year two, they were like, maybe we overspent. Mm-hmm. Maybe this isn't going to work out. By year five, th- it's like, what it's are an we albatross? It- exactly, it's a complete
2: albatross. Think about how how quickly did it take Texas to get re- to to be tired of that A Rod yeah.
1: contract? Now, part of the Texas situation I was about to mention them as well okay. was that they weren't a good team. No, and the Yankees, who have all the money you could want in sports. Also had a good team. Also had a good team. And mm-hmm. there were still questions about whether A. Rodder was mm-hmm. performing up to mm-hmm. up to par prior to that postseason run where he actually had that mm-hmm. oh, 09 oh, 9 yeah. where they finally said, okay, he actually can play in the playoffs. But prior to that, Mm -hmm. They were very unhappy. And then it wasn't much longer after that where you start getting other stories coming out about A-Rod and then we're not happy with the contract again. So when we're looking at things that way, I I can logically see what you mean. Mm -hmm. 13 years, one player, one team, it's not going to be all roses. No. And if, and I would say this, the only way Philly fans still love the signing, still love Bryce Harper at the end of the deal mm-hmm. as much as they do at the beginning of the deal okay. is if he de- delivers multiple World Series rings. Agreed. I'd say Agree. One at least enough. two. One's not enough. One's at not least enough.
2: two. One's not enough. I, I I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. I think and I I honestly, unfortunately, probably Bryce gotta come out the come out the gates on fire. Can't struggle like he did uh coming out uh starting the season
1: last I, year. I think he could struggle for average. He's gotta hit power though. Okay. He's gotta hit power all year. And that's the one thing that everyone even the casual fed who doesn't know all the intricacies of the game is going to be looking for no. the home run numbers. You're in Citizens Bank Park, a known yes. hitters' park, and he's got the highest ever slugging percentage in Citizens Bank Park.
2: You're playing at a hitters' park, and you have a lineup that has bats behind you, so you, you have protection. Picture, if you, have- you have protection. Probably one of the biggest not one of the one of the biggest issues with Ryan Howard at the plate. Now, yes, he yes he does. Swinging a lot of garbage, mm-hmm. but once Jason Worth was not getting behind him, he's you know that was something that he struggled with. But
1: see, like as you mentioned, Ryan Howard again. Now, see, he's a guy though. Even with protection,
2: mm-hmm.
1: when Worth was behind him, yeah, he still struck out a lot. He struck out a lot. He a was lot. he was more but he was Sammy. More effective. He was more effective. Sammy Sosa than Barry Bonds. Okay, if 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 you remember what mm-hmm. I yep. Barry Bonds would go to the plate. And you're gonna walk him on purpose because if you throw anything in the zone, he's, going, he's yeah he's going to destroy. Sammy it. Sosa was just swinging away, chasing everything, mm-hmm. and if he made contact, it was going 500 feet. Yeah, but maybe he makes contact, maybe he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Now Ryan Howard wasn't all the way to the Sammy Sosa extreme, okay, but specifically breaking ball low and away, yep. strikeout. If I if I knew how to throw a breaking ball low and away.
2: That's all you throw.
1: That's all I throw to him because mm-hmm. he's literally going to chase it every, every time. time. He ripped his Achilles chasing one of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, he would chase that pitch to his own detriment, and that was when he had protection in the order or not. So when I first saw that Ryan Howard contract, my initial reaction, he's not as good as Paul Holmes. He's not as good as A-Rod. Mm-hmm. Don't pay him like them. If you wanted to pay him – they're getting 25, you pay him 20, that's solid. Okay. He was a great player, mm-hmm. but he wasn't that, you know what I mean? Mm. So that that was where I say overpaid. Whereas this major league, only player I'd really think is significantly more valuable, and I don't, I don't even know how significant it is, but I would say would be more valuable than a Bryce Harper would be a Mike Trout.
2: Okay. And it, in a couple of
1: years, as far we're going to have it, him, too. Uh, <laughs> I was years, thinking it, but I wasn't going to say. Hey, look, man, whatever, man. <laughs> Two Pretty more tape. years.
2: Two more years. We're going to have t- – uh, oh, man. Are you ready for a Trout, Harper, Hoskins? Herrera? <laughs> Hoskins. No, I, I'm, I'm joking. I, I said no <laughs> Herrera, because I wanted to piss you off. <laughs> uh, I wasn't Are, going for it. Uh, you wouldn't take that bait, huh? Uh, so, nice. overall, you like this signing. Oh, I love it. Love it? Love it. You like it? I love it. I'm good I'm good with it. You good with it? I am good with it. Honestly, I'm good with it because, once again, speaking as a fan, I've hated Har- Bryce Harper his entire pro career. Now you don't have to hate him anymore. But here's the thing. I hated him with a passion because he played for a rival and, and he, he was good. good. Exactly.
1: Now you don't have to hate him.
2: But the thing was, I got myself to a point where I could accept him on my, like, okay, I have to curb this hate for the better of my own team. Because sometimes, you know, it's like you remember, and I understand that there's differences in the co- whole conversation, but you remember You know, Lakers fans who rejected signing LeBron, Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, this is my team. We can't sign him, whatever. Like, I wasn't going down that road. I understand that there's differences between Bryce and LeBron, but it's like I couldn't go down that road. I couldn't think like that. I wasn't going to think like that. You know, I'm like, look, if we have a chance to get Bryce Harper, we need to go out and get Bryce Harper. So I will swallow my pride, and I will end this hate. But as it went on, as this whole thing went on, I'm sitting here like, you know what, man, look. He needs to make a decision because, honestly, if he signs with the team other than Philly, it guarantees I will hate Bryce Harper for the rest of his life, and I, if I'm going to hate that man this much, I need I need to get on with this hate. I am prolonging the hate for too long. You need to either sign with the Phillies so I can now go for the rest of my life loving you, or you need to go where I can go the rest of my life hating you, but either way, you need to go
1: somewhere. <laughs> oh man! And on that note, <laughs> we're gonna call it a day on that one. All right. You know, we, good conversation though. Oh man, we had a good time today. Yes, sir. So we'll be back next week. More Mike Jones, John Brown, offense, defense, and discourse. In the meantime, if you if you only caught the tail end of the show, you missed our first hour with Mike Patton from the Sports Awakening mm-hmm. at, you can find them at sportsawakening.com yes. You can also catch us on SoundCloud Yes, SoundCloud.com mm-hmm. slash
2: B-I-T-W sports or you can find us on iTunes search best in the world sports report you can find all the whole archive of mm-hmm. offense, defense and Discord.
1: And there will also be 2 a.m.
2: 2 a.m. PhillyGoFlow. PhillyGofl.com. PhillyGoflow.com. Saturday 2 night,
1: Sunday morning. Yeah. That overnight yeah. you're feeling a little can't anxious, sleep? can't hey, sleep, can't little amp. Chill oh, with us. Little insomnia. Exactly. We'll be there. We'll be there.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Alright, man. Let's get on out of here though. Gotta go, gotta go. Alright, man. Peace. You feeling this
0: podcast? To hear this and
2: more, go to
0: soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W-Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.